0: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast here on this Tuesday, April 12, 2022. Thank you so much for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen each and every day. My name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as your host of this podcast. On today's show, Duke in the NBA playoffs overview. Yes, that's right. It's that time of year. We all love the brotherhood so much and so many Duke basketball fans are constantly following the Blue Devils at the next level. They've got the most players in the league out of schools. It's always Duke and Kentucky battling for that top spot. So let's talk about where 13 different Blue Devils are headed as the play-in tournaments and the NBA playoffs get started here tonight and over the next few days. Also, we'll take a look at the way-too-early top 25 polls that have come out for the 2022-2023 college basketball season. I'll have some thoughts on those. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of the show. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Our show is on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Be sure to also subscribe to our Locked On Blue Devils YouTube page to watch the show daily. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen every single day. All right, as we jump into today's program, we'll start first with Duke basketball players in the Eastern Conference. A lot of really, really good players highlight for you. Where I want to start, however, is with Jalen Johnson, who just finished his rookie season with the Atlanta Hawks. Of course, Jalen was a part of the Duke basketball team a season ago, the year that Duke did not make the NCAA tournament for the first time in 25 years. And towards the end of the season, Jalen actually walked away from the Duke basketball team. He stepped away indefinitely to pursue his NBA career. This season, Jalen Johnson, not much of a factor with the big league club, with the Hawks this season. At 82 game a year, Jalen Johnson played 22 games, 2.4 points per game and 1.2 rebounds per game. He was only playing five minutes per game of those 22 games that he appeared in. So he's really only playing in mop-up duty. Did not do a whole lot. And of course, the Hawks are playing in a play-in game a little bit later tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets are where Mason Plumley plays. Mason Plumlee finishing up his first season in Charlotte. And boy, was he effective. Charlotte really liked what they got out of Plumlee this year. 73 games played out of an 82-game season is elite for a big man to be that healthy at this portion of Plumlee's season. Had a whole lot of fun watching him team up with star LaMelo Ball. The lobs from LaMelo down low to Plumlee were a whole lot of fun. Their play-by-play announcer Eric Collins gets so excited every time those big-time plays take place. It's a fun team, are those Charlotte Hornets. They're here in the state of North Carolina, like so many people love. And Plumlee, again, those 73 games, 6.5 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game, 3.1 assists per game. So in a day and age where the big men is becoming less and less relevant, obviously big men are taking their game outside, and that's not Mason Plumlee's strength. It was learned this season. That he's not even that great at shooting free throws anymore with his right hand, so he switched it over to his left hand from the free throw line, which is just crazy to think about. So many people want Ben Simmons to do that. They say this guy should not be shooting left-handed. He should shoot right-handed, but he insists on being a left-handed basketball player. Same kind of for Mason Plumley at the free throw line. And the fact that they can't go out to extend his game, he's more of a baby hook and dunk guy. Uh Obviously, he's limited offensively, but... He's a worker, he's a grinder. he's going to rebound the basketball, which is so important. And he had a productive year. The Hornets made the play, and then they take on the Hawks a little bit later tonight. All right, Grayson Allen played this season for the defending NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks. In 66 games this year, Grayson averaged 11.1 points per game, 3.4 rebounds per game, and 1.5 assists per game for Grayson Allen. It was his first season playing there in Milwaukee after spending a year in Utah, he spent some time in Memphis last season. And Grayson Allen is a guy that's been known for his three-point shot at the NBA level. He finished the year 40.9% from three-point range, which is a really impressive clip for Grayson Allen. He's been starting for the Bucs, uh, which is a whole lot of fun to see. And, uh, yeah, the Bucks, defending champs are going to make a big run this upcoming season. So cool to see Grayson getting that opportunity. Gary Trent Jr., With the Toronto Raptors, 70 games played for Gary Trent Jr. this season, 18.3 points per game. So Gary, a very effective player for Toronto, 38.3% shooting from three-point range. Trent Jr. was traded to the Raptors from Portland last season, and he's done a great job this year for the Raptors. Again, appearing in 70 games, one of their leaders on their basketball team and one of their offensive playmakers expect for him to be making Big shots for Toronto as they get started here in the NBA playoffs. Talking about play-in, the Brooklyn Nets find themselves in that position. Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry for the Brooklyn Nets, our former Duke Blue Devils. Seth, 64 games played, 15 points per game, 3.1 rebounds per game, 3.6 assists per game, and he's a shooter. His last name is Curry after all. Seth Curry made 42.2% of his three-point attempts this past season between the Philadelphia 76ers and Brooklyn. He was in the uh, James Harden and Ben Simmons swap. The Sixers were not going to do that trade, or the Nets, excuse me, were not going to do that trade. They were not going to trade James Harden to Philly unless Philly was willing to give up Seth Curry, and they were. Seth played 45 games this year with the Sixers, 19 games with the Brooklyn Nets. He's such a good shooter. Now he's paired with Kevin Durant. He played with Kyrie Irving and Kyrie's one year at Duke. Seth Curry was a part of that team, and now they're NBA teammates. 29 games this season for Kyrie Irving. He was one of the biggest stories in the sport with his stance on the COVID-19 vaccine. He was not able to play home games in Brooklyn for the longest time. He was only playing road games, and at the start of the year, he wasn't playing any games. They weren't letting him compete. Uh, but when he did play in those 29 games, Boy, he reminded you he's one of the top point guards in the entire sport. 29 games, 27.4 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 5.8 assists per game, and Kyrie shot 41.8% from three-point range. So that is the third player that we've highlighted here in the Eastern Conference among basketball players that shot greater than 40% from three-point range. Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, and Grayson Allen. Pretty cool to see. And then last but not least, in the Eastern Conference, Jason Tatum with the Boston Celtics, 76 games, 26.9 points per game, eight rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game, and 35.3% from three-point range. Boston is going to be a really tough out in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Jason Tatum will likely go down as a first-team All-NBA selection. There are only five players that make first-team All-NBA, and it does look like, for the first time in his career, Jason Tatum's going to be receiving a lot of votes. He will at least be second team All-NBA. Tatum has been that great for the Celtics this year, and it's been a whole lot of fun for us to watch. Let's get to the Western Conference. We'll let you know about some of the playoff series coming up for former Duke basketball players. But again, Jason Tatum with the Celtics, Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving with the Nets, Gary Trent Jr. with the Raptors, Grayson Allen with the Bucks, Jalen Johnson with the Hawks, Mason Plumley with the Charlotte Hornets. Those guys, seven of them, making the NBA playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Today's show of Locked Blue Devils is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Western Conference time for locked Blue Devils. Again, my name is JJ Jackson, the host of the show. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore six Duke Blue Devils. Made it to the playoffs in the Western Conference or the play-in games. Rodney Hood and Luke Kennard played for the Los Angeles Clippers this year. Hood started with the Milwaukee Bucks before being traded to the Clippers. 52 games this year for Rodney Hood. He averaged 3.1 points per game, 13 games with the Clippers. He gets a lot of DNPs, unfortunately, with Los Angeles. Rodney Hood has been a really good NBA player in his career, unfortunately, since his Achilles injury that he suffered a few seasons ago. He just hasn't been the same player. Uh, But Rodney Hood, a talented lefty shooter. And uh, speaking of lefty shooters, the Clippers have another former Dookie that fits that exact description, and I'm talking about Luke Kennard. I love his left-handed jump shot. 70 games played, the best year so far of Luke Kennard's NBA career. 11.9 points per game, 3.3 rebounds per game. He shot 44.9% from three-point range. Just epic performance from Luke Kennard this season. The Clippers will be in the play-in game. That's going to be a fun team to watch. Again, they did not have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for the large portion of the season. Kawhi Leonard still coming back from an ACL injury. You've got uh, Paul George that just came back to basketball competition for the Clippers. Those are two Clipper updates for former Duke players in the NBA. Austin Rivers with the Nuggets. They're heading to the playoffs. 67 games played for Rivers, 6 points per game, 1.7 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 34.3% shooter from three-point range. The offensive numbers have gone down for Austin Rivers. He's playing about 24 minutes of contest for Denver, so about half of the basketball game. But he's only taken about five shots a game in their offense. Nikola Jokic, the star focal point of that team. They've had Jamal Murray hurt this season. They've had Michael Porter Jr. hurt for a large portion of the year. Austin Rivers has been a staple out there for Denver, again, appearing in 67 of 82 games. However, the offensive numbers have just kind of fallen off. He's not that big of a focal point. He's not being that overly aggressive offensively. Still a very capable basketball player making winning plays. Those are the numbers for Austin Rivers. Brandon Ingram with the Pelicans, 55 games for B.I. He's been injured a little bit this season. But his numbers are great, 22.7 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, 5.6 assists per game. He is really talented, uh, and he's getting better each and every year that he's in the league. He's so long, so lanky, such a creative scorer, and he's been a good part of the Pelicans lineup. Obviously, we want to see Zion Williamson healthy and playing for the Pelicans. We just haven't been able to see that this season. So it's just been the B.I. show. Remember a couple seasons ago with the Pelicans, we had five former Duke players on that team. When you talk about Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Frank Jackson, Jahlil Okafor, and J.J. Redick, five former Dukies were all on the Pelicans team together at that one point. But uh, Ingram, going to be a fun player to watch in the play-in, and if uh, New Orleans is able to qualify for a playoff spot, watch out. The Pelicans will take on the Spurs in that play-in game. And the Spurs, of course, have point guard Trey Jones. Second season in the league for Trey, way more productive as a player. 69 games played for Greg Popovich this season. Six points per game, 3.4 assists per game. He had a 5.1 assist-to-turnover ratio. That ranked second in the entire NBA. Again, in just his second season in the National Basketball Association, Trey Jones ranked second in the entire NBA, an assist-to-turnover ratio behind his brother, Tyus Jones. The last guy for us to kind of highlight here in our overview of Western Conference teams in the NBA playoffs, Tyus Jones with the Memphis Grizzlies. He played in 73 games this season, 8.7 points per game, 4.4 assists per game, 324 total assists on the year, 46 total turnovers on the year for Tyus Jones. That is 7.04 assist-to-turnover ratio. This is the fourth straight season that Tyus Jones has led the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio. That is an NBA record that he has set himself. No other player in the history of the sport has led the assist-to-turnover ratio department for four consecutive seasons. Tyus Jones has now done that. Memphis had several games, over 20 games, that their star point guard John ja Morant was not able to play. They still finished in the top three in the Western Conference. That shows you how good that basketball team is. And Memphis, Taylor Jenkins, their head coach, is going to be a Coach of the Year candidate. And because Tyus Jones was so steady at that point guard spot, filling in for John ja Morant, they kept moving forward. Josh healthy. He's going to be a full go, it seems, here in the playoffs, and that's big for Memphis. But Tyus Jones is still going to contribute, and when he's playing – He's going to take care of the basketball. There aren't going to be a whole lot of turnovers or anything like that. So really thrilled to see what Tyus Jones is going to be able to do here moving forward uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, as those are the Western Conference players uh, that were former Duke basketball players now getting set for the playoffs. Rodney Hood with the Clippers, Luke Kennard with the Clippers, Tyus Jones with the Grizzlies, Trey Jones with the Spurs, Brandon Ingram with the Pelicans, and Austin Rivers with the Nuggets. In total, Duke had 13 former players that are going to be playing in the play-in and NBA playoffs again starting a little bit later tonight here on Tuesday, April 12th, 2022. Coming up in just a moment, I want to go over a quick little note on uh, some top 25. Way too early top 25 polls for Duke men's basketball where various people had the Blue Devils and uh, I'll have some commentary on that here in just a moment. Unlocked On Lockdown Blue Devils. Moving forward here with Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson here on this Tuesday. Are way too early top 25 college basketball polls. Don't you just love this? I can't even hate that this is something that takes place. I know there's a portion of people that as soon as the season comes to a close, you are blown away that they're already releasing stories about way too early top 25 polls. Well, as someone who works professionally in the media biz, And we need to get stories out there. Sometimes we need clicks, and not that you're always necessarily going for clickbait material. You need things to talk about. And so, yes, as soon as the season is over, we're junkies for the sport. Let's look at, okay, Super Bowl just ended. Who's got the best Super Bowl odds going into the next NFL season? The same is said. As soon as Kansas defeated North Carolina last week in the college basketball national championship game, what does next season look like? Here's the overview. Sports Illustrated, Kevin Sweeney, put together a story for them. He had Duke as the number six team in the top 25. ESPN, Jeff Borzello had Duke at number six. NCAA.com, Andy Katz had Duke at number six. Jeff Goodman with Stadium, Duke number four in the top 25 poll. Uh, 24-7 Sports, Kevin Flaherty, Duke number six. And then finally, Scott Gleason, USA Today, has the Duke Blue Devils as the number one team in the country. I don't know necessarily that going into next season, I would have Duke as the top team in all of the land. It'd be really impressive as John Shire takes over and gets ready to start his first year as the Duke men's basketball coach. Again, what everybody's writing about the Duke team, it seems as though Jeremy Roach will be back in all of these way too early top 25 polls. Everyone talks about what we've been talking about uh, on a consistent basis here on Locked on Blue Devils regarding future NBA draft decisions for the likes of Trevor Keels, Paulo Banquero, Wendell Moore Jr., Mark Williams, uh, A.J. Griffin, those five guys uh, for Duke. They've got to officially declare for the draft, and we can put a bow on this season and continue to look forward. So knowing that Roach is your scholarship guy coming back, the big focal point for this Duke team has to be the six freshmen that are coming in, led, of course, by Derek Lively II. Derek Whitehead. Whitehead was the McDonald's All American Game MVP. Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski, Jaden Shoot, the three-point shooter out of Yorkville, Illinois, and then Christian Reeves, by way of Oak Hill Academy. He's a three-star recruit that's going to be—I don't want to use the word "project," but kind of like a project—and uh, he's a Caleb Foster teammate. Caleb Foster is the top point guard candidate that Duke has, uh committed in the class of 2023. And saw a story over this past weekend that. Caleb Foster still isn't quite ruling out the possibility of reclassifying and joining the 2202 class, uh, but th- that decision is going to be made here in the near future. Anyway, so when you look at Duke going into next season, you've got to have expectations for this recruiting class. And you got to understand that, okay, six guys, Jeremy Roach makes seven, you're counting scholarships. What does Joey Baker decide to do? Uh, with his extra year of eligibility granted by COVID. Jalen Blakes barely played at all this season in meaningful minutes. He is a freshman that just ended his year, so he would be a scholarship guard coming back for his sophomore season. Duke, to me, is absolutely a top-ten team in the college basketball world going into the year, just on paper, because of the talent that they've got, the team that they've got. John Shire, yes, he's going into his first year, but it's a program like Duke. It's not like he's coming into a school – where he doesn't understand the standards. He's been on the coaching staff for several years now, nearly a decade at this point. He was a player. He won a national championship as a point guard back in 2010. He knows the expectations that go apart, uh, that go along with being the Duke men's basketball head coach. And so I think it's very fair for Duke to be a top 10 team. I don't know, like I said, that I'd go as high as number one as Scott Gleason has gone with USA Today and his story But why not? Let's have super high expectations going into year one of the John Shire era. Like I said, once we get a better idea of uh, the transfer portal, Duke's reached out to a couple of key players in the portal to see if they want to transfer and join the Brotherhood and help that team really get some experience. They're going to be super young, uh, it looks like. And uh, unless someone like Trevor Keels can come back and play that two-guard spot, you look at kind of Duke Twitter, what people are saying out there, that's the big question mark is what is that two-guard position look like for the Blue Devils. Jaden Shoot. he can shoot the basketball, but I don't know that people necessarily see him being the starting caliber shooting guard right out of the gates. I'm not going to put it past him. Look, if this coaching staff saw something in him, clearly there's a reason he's at Duke. And if you can shoot, you could find the floor. And so uh, we'll see what it looks like for Duke moving forward. I just love looking ahead to next season and getting this next chapter of Duke men's basketball started under John Shire. Really looking forward to seeing what the rest of the coaching staff looks like. And uh, we'll have plenty of updates as the uh, weeks continue here in the offseason, football season right around the corner. As I said yesterday, we've got the spring game coming up this weekend. And uh, like I said, plenty of updates coming your way here on Lockdown Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. Again, I can't thank you enough for listening to our program. Thanks for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen each and every day. My name is J.J. Jackson. If you're watching us on YouTube, you see my Twitter handle right there, at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. Give me a follow. Interact. I love chatting with Duke basketball fans about everything going on in the world of Duke athletics and particularly Duke basketball. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now. Five-star Friday right around the corner. I love to give shout-outs to folks that have given us a five-star rating and review. So take the time to do that yourself so you can get a little bit of praise. And uh, if you subscribe, you get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each day. Uh, That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.